work hard, play hard. Watch what you eat. Don't forget to sleep. Oh, and hit the gym four times a week. We know what we're supposed to do, but how do you make it happen when life gets in the way? This is our attempt at turning the expert's advice into daily habits. This is Making Life Fit. We're back! It has been a minute since our last episode, which, in a testament to our show's name, was a result of too many things and not enough time or energy. Yep, there are times when not everything is going to fit as hard as we wanted to, and you need to be able to recognize when to scale back, take a break, or reset your priorities, goals, or even your expectations. And that is what we are talking about today. Even with the current quarantine environment, it feels like there is still more to do than there are hours in the day. Work, house projects, trying to have a socially distant social life. (laughs) The current environment is also emotionally and mentally taxing, which means you may actually have less energy overall. And let's be honest, I can take a lot of the responsibility for the gap in content. For those who follow us on social, you might remember a photo of Kat and me in our closets, which is where we record. Well, I'm in the middle of a pretty significant closet teardown and remodel, so I haven't had anywhere to record. So instead of allowing this as an excuse for not recording any longer, we're actually recording together in person for the very first time. Yeah, we're together. We're sitting in Kat's closet together. (laughs) But we are set up with our glass of wine and our podcast mic, and Kat gave me a comfy pillow to sit on, so we're ready. (laughs) And today, together in person with you all, we are going to talk about the topic of resting before repeating. So firstly, let's talk about why rest days are important. And the very first reason, which I think most people know about, is rest days are important for recovery. That's literally what they stand for. Your body needs that time of rest and the fuel to repair and refresh your muscles and nerves. So if you're not familiar with how you actually build muscle, this is the concept. You work your muscles to exhaustion, to push to make them stronger, i.e. working out, lifting, etc. And by repairing the tissue and rebuilding the fibers that make up your muscle, they in turn get stronger, also known as gains. Your muscles can't repair and build if they're continually being broken down. This is also the reason you shouldn't train the same muscles every day and should reasonably space them apart. That is a great point and personally well appreciated. I could not imagine doing a leg day two days in a row, let alone on day two of delayed onset muscle soreness, also known as DOMS, which I'm experiencing very badly today after doing a pretty intense leg day yesterday. As someone that has run into this where I've done leg day one day and then I go to Orange Theory and they're doing leg day, It's not wonderful, and my recovery ends up taking much longer. Not only that, but your your practice is probably not going to be the best either. Exactly, which leads us to our second reason for why rest is so important. It helps prevent injury, not only from overexertion of muscles, but also even if your muscles feel good to go, if you're mentally burnt out or a little bit distracted, you're more likely to have sloppy form or to make a mistake that can lead to injury. You may also just pay less attention if your body is telling you to ease up. Hi, guilty, have done that. (laughs) I actually made this mistake very early on when I first started running. I didn't listen to my body. I was running every day and increasing my distance. 
And while it looked great on my run tracking app, after a few weeks, my friend Amy, who was my gym buddy, uh, who was also still studying to be a physical therapist, got some very solid practice in while trying to release the knots that had formed my calf. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't great. The people at the gym got a very funny image of her basically, like, digging her knuckle into my calf and me trying not to swear. (laughs) I've been there where you're rolling out or stretching or you have someone kind of push on a knot and it hurts so good. Yeah, I mean, I've learned that the hard way too with both my knee and my elbow from both overuse and generally not enough rest. I think where a lot of people get hung up with the concept of rest though is they think they're going to lose all the progress they've made, whether they're losing weight or they've increased their stamina or the amount of weight they can lift or, like you said, the miles they've run. Yeah, and the thing with that is, like you said earlier, what your muscles are doing on a rest day are rebuilding. If you don't give them a chance to repair themselves, all you're doing is consistently tearing them and you actually might see less progress than you would if you were going to take a rest day. And then for running, taking a day off will not affect your stamina enough to throw you back. If you take a week or two off, maybe you'll see some loss. But overall, same thing. If you end up hurting yourself from overuse, you're going to lose a lot more stamina than you would from taking that rest day. Yeah, so then I guess let's talk about length of rest and frequency of rest, especially for those who might be concerned of taking any rest at all. So what do the experts say? The research that we have done and read If you're primarily doing strength training, you usually can just take about one full rest day off since your muscles will be generally recovering on the days you aren't working a specific muscle group. So this goes back to Kat's original point where if you're doing legs one day, the next day or the next two days, do arms so that your legs will get that significant rest in between you do them again. And me personally, my rest day is usually Sunday. Yeah, and then if you are doing more cardio, especially high impact cardio like running, Most experts will recommend that you do more than one rest day per week to not only give your muscles the chance to recover, but also your joints. In fact, if you are a runner, most coaches will tell you that you should take two to four weeks off per year completely. So that's two to four weeks in a row, no running or very little running. Can you still do other things instead of running? Yeah, you can definitely still do other workouts. The goal is just to let your body recover Because if you think about how much impact your knees, your ankles are taking every time you strike the ground, that's a lot, especially if you're doing high distance. So if you want to try a different workout, or for me, I like to go swimming a lot, that would be a good alternative. So do you usually take a break from running during the year then? Yeah, it's called winter in Michigan. (laughs) I will not run outside if it's below 38 that's cold. <laughs> it is cold. It also makes it really, once you get below that temperature, it's harder to breathe. It like hurts your lungs. I also will avoid running outside if there's any kind of wintry precipitation or if there has been wintry precipitation that might still be on the ground. I am well aware of my level of clumsiness and I don't need mother nature's help to amplify it. I do in the winter, like I said, I still go swim. I do Orange Theory year-round, or I'll do yoga or something else, but I do try to get those that time off from running. Just 
envisioning you running on ice or snow-covered sidewalk and what I would pay to see you eat it <laughs> on some sidewalk. You've seen me trip over my own two feet. Why is ice any funnier? I don't know. Just the element of slipping. I just think it would be really funny. I mean, I'm sure it would be until the bruise formed on my hip the next day. Right. So beyond just knowing that you should be taking rest days in your normal routine, there are also some big signs or red flags that the pros say you should keep in mind if you think you might be pushing too hard. One of these that might not necessarily seem like a big indicator, but can be, is a lack of motivation or an inability to train at your normal level. And when we say a lack of motivation, we mean more than the usual, oh my God, it's 6am, I don't want to do anything, or I've been at work all day, I don't want to work out. Yeah, hello my entire month of July. It did take me some real mind delving to get to the bottom of why I lost motivation during this past month. Sometimes you just need to take a step back, look at what else is going on in your life, and understand the lack of motivation in your exercise. For me, I was feeling a lull in other parts of my life, and that extended into my exercising. So it stopped being fun for a while. So I decided to take a break, and I'm getting back into it again, and it's fun for me again. And now I'm enjoying myself and looking forward to my workouts. Right, and that is the right way to handle that. And I think for people that are used to a very active lifestyle, that can be hard. But that comes back to you're not only physically recovering, but sometimes you need that mental break. Yeah, mental break for sure. Another big indicator is sleep issues. So if you're having a hard time falling asleep, staying asleep, or you consistently feel groggy, that's something that could be telling you that you are pushing too hard. And it might be time to, you know, take a couple days off and see if those sleep issues resolve themselves. Get the rest your body might actually need. Yes. I've definitely been guilty of that because when I'm stressed, I tend to, I want to go run. I want to do something. And I already have some sleep issues, so they only get worse when I push too hard. Girl, same. (laughs) You'd think with all the exercising we do, we'd like hit the, you know, pillow like a pile of bricks at night. But I lay awake and stare at the ceiling and listen to Tom snore instead. (laughs) Sometimes I can fall asleep and then I have nights like last night where Tucker paced for seven hours. Yeah. So your sleep issue might be a dog as well. (laughs) (laughs) Another one to watch out for, and this is particularly relevant now, is a compromised immune system. Oh yeah. So if you are getting sick a lot or you notice that even in just like a common cold, I will usually maybe get sick, like, once or twice a year, and it's always when the weather turns. Yeah. If I started getting colds in the middle of July, that could be a sign for me that, you know, maybe I am pushing too hard. Because it comes back to, if your body can't recover, it's not just your muscles that are going to feel the effects. Your entire body will. Yeah. I hear you there. For me, it's not necessarily the turn of the season. It's allergies, which grass this year has been getting me. So, outside workouts have been a pain, I'll tell you that. I bet. I'm glad I don't have those. (laughs) So a couple other signs or red flags that you should look for as to whether you might need a couple rest days in your routine. One would be lack of appetite. So food is fuel. We've talked about this on other episodes. It's so important to eat enough to get the energy that you need to perform your workouts at the level you need to be doing them at. And if you're not eating, whether you just don't feel like it or you're actively trying not to, it's really bad and you should take a step back and maybe take some rest so you can refill yourself, refill your body and get back to that level. 
Another one, which I'm feeling today, is stiffness or soreness. And that could be localized in a specific area or just your general body soreness. Now, there's a difference between the DOMS that I mentioned earlier, which is that delayed onset muscle soreness, from performing that exertion of the exercises on your body. And, you know, for an example, a few years ago, I overworked my biceps during a workout. I did weight, more weight than I should have. And I was sore on my biceps for two weeks that's too long. And that was a big sign that I needed to take some rest and step away from doing arms for a while to let that muscle repair itself. Yeah. At that point, that's your body saying, I need a break. I am tapping out. Wave the white flag. Do something else. Yeah. And even like my legs, right? I probably maybe could have gone for a run today and they would have kind of loosened up after a little bit. But if I would have started running and they stayed sore and tight the entire run, that's a big sign that you need to stop. Yes. The last sign that you should really work at and a good way to check on it is if you have like an Apple Watch, for example, or a Fitbit or one of these exercise trackers is if you have an elevated heart rate in the morning. Yeah, that's something, and it's funny you say about the Apple Watch, I think it will now tell you if you have a spike or irregular spike in your heart rate. Yeah. It'll warn you now if something is up. Yeah. Because in theory for your heart rate, you should not be having an elevated heart rate in the morning because you're getting out of bed and you've been laying down for multiple hours. So if your heart is continuously working harder, it means that you probably need to take a rest. And if it continues, go see your doctor. Yes. (laughs) So let's talk about the idea of an active rest day versus a passive rest day. The point of a rest day is to rest, but that doesn't mean that you have to be completely inactive unless you want to. Passive rest days are totally acceptable. You mean I can just lay like a slob on the couch all day and watch Netflix? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, it's best if you mix passive and active rest days, but if you want to take a bath, binge Netflix, or if your rest day is like Lisa's and on Sunday and you want that to be your self-care Sunday like we talked about on our other mini episode, you can do that. That is totally fine. If you do want to do something active on your rest day, make sure it is still allowing your body to recover. So some great active rest day activities could be something like yoga. Not the intense stand on your head kind, though. Oh, but neither neither of us can do that anyway. I can try, but I'd probably (laughs) land not great. (laughs) If you're not going to do yoga, you could also do easy biking or take a walk. I mentioned that swimming was one of my go-tos. And then foam rolling and stretching, these are things that you should definitely incorporate into your fitness routine. And they do make a great active rest day. You do a very good job at foam rolling and stretching. I try to. And then when I don't, I definitely pay the price. Yeah. And especially now, Shane bought me the... Hyper Ice Mini Sphere. It's basically, if anyone's ever done the lacrosse ball to get a knot out, it's a vibrating version of that. And it's amazing, but it's also very intense. So if I put it on the knot that tends to form on my shoulder and I have not done a good job of stretching or foam rolling for several days, it's not always an enjoyable experience. Have you ever done the gun? I have not done the gun. I haven't either, but I see a lot of people doing it now. I feel like it's. A- on trend. For anybody that does not know what the gun is, this is the <laughs> Thera gun. Yeah. It's 
It kind of looks like a staple gun, but it has a ball at the end that vibrates, and you put it on your muscles, and it seems to get really good reviews. I've had people say they really enjoy it. So let's talk about our rest day routines. Uh, As I mentioned earlier in the episode, I enjoy Sundays as my rest day, mostly because I'm really busy throughout the week, and that's a true day where I can take a rest. I may still take the dog for a long walk, or I'll do a leisurely bike ride, or even play a round of golf, but I'm not trying to get my heart rate anywhere over 120. (laughs) It also just helps me recharge for the upcoming week, concentrate on planning the week ahead, and making it a rest day really helps me not feel overwhelmed from too much in one day. For me... I'll usually only take one rest day for the week. Occasionally, I will do two. So last week was the first week back at Orange Theory for me. I ended up taking two rest days because Orange Theory is harder than I remember it being. (laughs) And I ran. (laughs) And and you're doing it outside. And you're doing it outside. Things you don't realize that jumping up and down on a blacktop, my feet hurt the next day. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I will usually do one rest day. Mine used to be Sunday. I feel like I've kind of shifted a little bit to... I either like it to be Wednesday or Sunday. It used to be Wednesday for me for a while because I would do Orange Theory on Tuesdays and Saturdays. And that Wednesday break was a good, you know, spot for me. Mm -hmm. The other thing is... On Sundays, I have a very easy time of getting into the pool before anybody else. And I do use swimming as an active rest day, but I also still will pull out one of my high school workouts and just go for it sometimes. So that doesn't really count as a rest day. No. That's what I would call a workout. But it's lower impact than running. (laughs) Well, since today is not a rest day for either of us, we should probably wrap this up and get moving. But first, we're going to present our question of the week, which we will also post on our Instagram. If you guys take a passive rest day, are we more likely to find you binging Netflix or finishing a book in a day? Let us know on Instagram or Facebook what you are binging or reading. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time. Bye. Bye.